So like I said, we're starting this brand new series called Mind Games. And you can see some of the words up there, maybe. Anxiety, depression, shame, fear. These are some of the things that I feel like you guys as students, either you might deal with this in your time in high school, you might have friends that deal with this kind of stuff in high school. And it's important that we talk about these things. At Christmas time, at my birthday... On December 19th, I got an Amazon gift card. There's almost nothing better than getting gift cards because someone's handing you money to go spend and it doesn't come out of your regular budget. And so I had, well, especially for adults when we have budgets to pay for things. So I had $25 to Amazon. And so over the next few months, I would... I downloaded the app and I would look on Amazon and try to figure out just the, the perfect thing for me to buy with this gift card. And it sat there in my wallet and it sat there. And all of a sudden one day I figured out what I was going to buy. And one night I turned to Melody and I said, oh, I finally know what I'm going to buy with my Amazon gift card. And she went, oh, oh, what is it? Like a, like a book or, you know, a game? Like we like board games, we like reading. And I was like, No. It's Lego. And then her face went sad for some reason. She didn't think that that was a good idea. But there was this really cool uh, Lego set. If you've been in my office, I have these things called Brickheads by Lego. And I have a Batman one and I have a Captain America one. If you haven't seen what they look like, this is kind of what they look like. And they're, they're really cool. They're kind of caricatures of, of different... Uh, different superheroes, and they have all kinds of ones that are coming out, and all this stuff. So the set that I found on Amazon was you could custom make your own brickheads. Came came with like 700 pieces, which for a Lego, uh, like someone who loves Lego, that's a lot of pieces to get uh, in a set, and so I thought, this is a good deal, deal. it's kind of cool, so um, I decided to get it. Then I got it the other day, I opened it up, I started looking at the instructions, and there was all kinds of instructions about how to build the head, and build the body, and the arms, and the legs, and you could do all these different mixtures of things, and I decided that I was going to make a version of me, and a version of Melody that I could put in my office, and so this is what I came up with, okay? This is what I came up with. There's... There's me, my, my goatee's a little bit orange, so I put a little orange goatee on there, my glasses, my guitar, and Melody has um, a mug, and now I found, I found there was a little book in there too, so I gave her a book, and she has like a ponytail and stuff too on the back, but those are sitting in my office. The thing about this is they look really cool. You go through the instructions and the pieces, um, you know, they don't look like much as they're coming together, but once you get it together, they look pretty cool. Uh, but the thing I have to admit to you is that if you were to open up, um, like, the heads on those, you would see some pieces that don't seem like they fit. You'd see some pieces that are really weird colors. You'd see bright pink blocks that are, that are used to help support uh, the head. If you were to open up my, my body behind my blue and black shirt there, you would see um, some really old pieces that I had from a long time ago stuffed in there. You'd find blocks that just didn't really fit, blocks that were hidden, weird colors that you wouldn't necessarily know were even there in this perfectly crafted shell of these two little people that are sitting there. 
For this series, I wanted to set the tone. I wanted to talk about the fact that I love the fact that each of us are created uniquely, that each of us have these imperfections. But the thing that I dislike is the fact that we want to hide those imperfections behind these perfect shelves. That sometimes when we feel like we want to share those things, we feel weak or we feel strange. Or we feel like people will look at us like we've grown a third arm or we have horns coming out of our heads. We live in a culture content with building our lives piece by piece, but hiding the blocks or the pieces that seem out of place or seem weird. Depression, anxiety, fear, doubt, worry, even the way that we look at our, our body, our body image, on and on it goes. And to me, this all gets wrapped up in the idea of shame. And shame is this painful feeling about how we appear to our others and ourselves. Now, I don't have much shame telling you that in this Lego, that these Lego people, that there's weird blocks that don't seem to fit. But it's not always easy for me to stand up here and tell you that there's things that I struggle with or there's things that are imperfect to me. And I think that we all kind of struggle with that. We all struggle with things that we don't want to share with other people. And so, so we react in certain ways. I was thinking about my time in youth ministry, um, like when I was a youth and I remember doing really weird things. I was never really ashamed to be the crazy one. I, I wore weird hats on purpose to youth just to get attention. I had a Dr. Seuss hat that I wore all the time. Or in the summer, I'd wear a toque just, I don't know, to make a point. Uh, I feel like I want to tell you that I didn't care about what people said and I was just willing to be crazy. But I think that I did those things. I did crazy things. I did off-the-wall things um, to try to maybe mask some of the other things that I was dealing with. If I could just get people to like me by doing crazy stuff or just to see me a certain way, then, then I didn't actually have to get deep and actually talk about the things that were going on in my life. So why start here? Why start with some Lego people and talking about these hidden blocks? I think these are all things that we need to talk about. Depression, anxiety, fear, doubt, worry, the way we look at our bodies, and shame. The things that we feel shameful about are really revealing about ourselves. These are the things that we all come in contact with. Whether these, this list of things I said are things that you are actually dealing with right now. Maybe you know somebody that's dealing with it. But so, much, so many times in our society, shame leads to disconnection. And vulnerability and openness leads to community. And we're going to talk about that tonight. We're going to go through four verses tonight in First Peter. And we're going to read them right now. They say this, Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time He may exalt you, casting all your, casting all your anxieties on Him because He cares for you. Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary the devil prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. We are literally just going to break down these verses verse by verse. And I hope that doing it this way, you can see that when you read your Bible, maybe you'll start to look at different words and why the author put them there. 
and see the interaction between these things. So, 1 Peter 5, verse 6. Humble yourselves. Humble is a very important word in this section. It's really talking about your relationship or how you view yourself versus God. In a situation where you're dealing with things like depression, anxiety, fear, or shame, do you view God as far away and doesn't care? Or do you view Him as somebody that cares, someone that's close? Do you view yourself as being able to deal with all of these things? We can so easily get in the mindset that we can deal with these things, that we can just try one more thing and we'll get over this depression. We'll just try one more thing and we'll get over our anxiousness. But we need to start by having a position of being humble. And our humbleness is, is, is looked at, as we look at this, we see that God's mighty hand, not by our own strength, by our own knowledge, or our own plans. We need to view our humbleness in light of God's mighty hand, that there is power, that he has the ability to walk us through these things. That he even has the, the ability to take us out of these things like depression, anxiety, fear, those kinds of things. But even if he doesn't, he has the power and the ability to walk us through these things, guiding us with his hand. And our comprehension of how much he is able to do, our comprehension of how much power, our view of him, really says a lot about, about how we believe, how we move, how we act. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time, he may exalt you. Do you ever do things hoping that you can change the timing of something? Do you ever notice that when we want something to happen really bad, it, it not, never usually happens in, in the timing that you want? Over the last couple of weeks, I've had a perfect example of this. I ordered some youth hoodies. And when I design something, and I, I'm excited to show you guys, I just want it to get here right now. But I realize that it has to get printed, and it has to get put in a box, and it has to get flown across the country. And so I was so excited, like a week and a half ago when the first box showed up. You know, they send you a tracking number, and I was checking the tracking number every day. And then a box showed up. And then it was only like a third of my order showed up. And I was like, oh, man. So I kept checking the tracking order. And it was like, oh, your box is stuck in customs in Richmond, which is literally like a stone's throw away from here compared to where they got printed. And for some reason, I thought like the more times I pressed on that tracking number that customs would get the point and send me my stuff. And so then on Friday, another box showed up, but it was half the size of the first one. And then I realized, oh, well, that, this isn't all of them. And now there's another box that's stuck in customs. And I still, today, I probably checked that tracking number like 10 times, somehow hoping that by me clicking on that tracking number that it was going to change. But this is the thing, is that I don't know if God's trying to teach me patience or trying to, trying to keep me humble in this situation, but it was a good example of how even when we humble ourselves, even when we have a proper view of God and His power and His ability to be able to move in situations, that God still has his own timing. That God still does things on his timetable. That just because we want some things to happen, that doesn't necessarily mean that that's when God's going to move. It's humbleness and it's patience. And it's God's timing. The next verse says this, Casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. 
We're going to talk about anxiety next week in more detail. But the part that I need to ask you about right now is the second part. Because he cares for you. So here's the question for you tonight. Do you believe that God cares about you? I've talked so much over the last few months about how God has created you so uniquely. Last year we talked about image and identity and how that should be wrapped up in in God as your creator. He's created you so uniquely and with a purpose and with gifts. And we've talked about all these things. But none of that really matters unless you actually believe that he cares about you. The hard thing is that we use human terms when we're talking about God. We're trying to use our own language to talk about a God who's all-powerful and all-knowing and all of these things, and then we say that he cares. And for some of you tonight, you're going to hear the word cares, and that's going to not mean much to you because you've found yourself in situations where people should have cared for you and they haven't. You've had people who you thought were friends or people that would would take care of you in situations and they've let you down or they've forgotten about you. Times when you needed words of encouragement and they have let you down in that process. But I would caution you as you think about whether you believe this or not, whether you believe if God cares about you or not, to not put the things that people have done to you on God. To allow God to to prove himself to you Allow God to come through for you in his own way and to not, not let those human words and those human actions that we, that we use to try to understand this, don't put that on God. Do you believe that God cares about you? The next part is this, be sober-minded, be watchful. One of the translations says, be alert, to be alert. We are called to be in this continual state of spiritual alertness. And the thing that I always talk to you guys about is to let God into the little things. To watch those people around you. Tara even prayed in our meeting as leaders beforehand. Because we pray for you guys on Tuesday nights before we hang out with you. And she was actually praying about about you guys being able to see those around you who have relationships with God. And to see the way that he moves in those relationships, to see the things that he's doing. Sometimes it's hard to see the things that God is doing in our own lives, and sometimes it's easier to see the things that God's doing in other people's lives. But we have to be watchful. We have to be alert. We have to be like a soldier, constantly on guard, on guard at the door of our minds and at the gates of our eyes and our ears. We have to do that because we have an adversary, the devil, who prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Here's, here's the issue. We can't, we can't blame everything on Satan. We can't blame everything on the devil. We can't just say, oh, I'm having a really bad day, so I'm under spiritual attack. Or um, my, phone, my phone died halfway through the day instead of at the end of the day, so I'm under spiritual attack. Or the devil's out to get me. But there, so there's, there's those kind of comments that we make. And then there's actual real ways in which The devil is coming after us, pushing our buttons, as Pastor Neil so eloquently put it to me this week. That the devil knows the right buttons to push. And he is a roaring lion. Listen to this. 
The lion uses his roar to frighten his prey. By his roar, he immobilizes his victims. His roar is a weapon. Lions usually range near 600 pounds, standing four feet tall. They run at 20 feet per bound and about 100 yards in five seconds. They are totally unpredictable. They will attack for no apparent reason. They have extremely powerful voices. Fear will stop what we like to call an aggressive Christian life. Fear will stop that. You might make a decision. We've talked about this before too. Maybe tonight you're going to hear something in, your, in the talk and you're going to be like, okay, I want to change that tomorrow. I want to be more trustworthy in, in my anxiety tomorrow when I go to school. And you will walk through those doors and the devil will push that button and say, no, you can't do anything about this. You're just going to be anxious the rest of the day. He's going to push that button. Fear will blunt an aggressive Christian life. A roaring lion intimidates by his roar and the devil intimidates by fear. The devil doesn't want you to make choices to, make, to go closer to God. We've talked about this before too. That you're either making choices towards God or you're making choices away from him. And the devil can't take away your relationship with God, but he can slow it down. He can slow it down by pushing buttons like anxiety and depression and fear. And that's why we have to remember that God cares for us, that his mighty hand is leading us, that we would just humble ourselves and instead of trying to look the devil in the eye and try to do things on our own, that we need to trust in God. This next part says, resist him, firm in your faith. It's funny how in one sentence, Peter talks about a roaring lion, and in the next one, you would expect him to say, run! But he doesn't say that. He says, resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. It doesn't say resist him on your own. It doesn't say in your own strength. It says resist him firm in your faith. Your faith in what? Your faith in God's mighty hand. Your faith that you can humble yourself and allow God to do his work in a situation. And then this is the part that I need you guys to know as we, as we start this series. Knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. The devil would love nothing more than when he pushes that button in you, when he brings up the depression or the anxiety that you're feeling, that he also will lead you to believe that you are the only one that deals with this. And the truth is that you're not. That there has been thousands and thousands of people that will deal with depression and anxiety and fear and shame. And he would love you to feel so much shame that you don't want to share that with other people. And we live in a culture where we would rather hide the weird-looking Lego blocks on the inside of a perfect shell and for those to never come out rather than share those things with each other. We need to come to a place where we can be real with each other, where we can be authentic with each other, 
where when someone shares, you don't look at them like they've grown a third arm or they have horns, but you remember that they are going through something that you could be going through in the not-so-distant future. Or maybe you know somebody else that has went through that. Listen to this. When we sacrifice authenticity in an effort to manage how we are being perceived by others, we often get caught in a dangerous and debilitating cycle. Shame or the fear of being shamed moves us away from our true selves. Here's the last thought. The gospel tells us that we don't have to live with secrets and hurts hidden in shame. Instead, the message of Jesus, the fact that God sent Jesus to die on the cross, brings hope and forgiveness and healing. Listen to this verse. Romans 8, 1-3. So now there is no condemnation, no disapproval for those who belong in Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. So God did what the law could not do. He sent his own son in a body like the bodies we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. Jesus is greater than anything that can try to hold you back spiritually. Jesus is greater than anything that tries to hold you back spiritually. Jesus offers forgiveness and mercy with the power to break the bonds of shame. And members of our youth group, members of the church, members of the body of Christ must be free to acknowledge our hurts and struggles so that we can be known and that we can be led to healing. Two weeks ago, we did that prayer exercise where I made you guys all uncomfortable and I got you guys to pray for things. But the point of that talk, even in Ephesians, was the fact that we are all on this level playing field. That we all have hurts, we all have struggles, we all have things to celebrate, we all have things that need to be prayed for. And then that brings us together. That we can't just look at one person and out them because they have certain struggles or certain things that they are trying to deal with and we feel like we're fine. No, we have to embrace that. We have to encourage them to share. We need to be able to come alongside them. Because the fact is that some of those hurts and struggles might not go away. But we can be there for them. We can encourage them to believe in God's mighty hand through that process. We can help them to not have the shame of sharing those things. So three things I want to leave you with as we finish this talk and we start this series is this. Is that God already knows about the hidden blocks. God looks at my Lego guy in my office and already knows that there's a gray piece where there shouldn't be a gray piece and there's a green piece where there shouldn't be a green piece in the middle of my perfect shell. And God looks at each and every one of you and knows the hurts and the pain and the shame of you not wanting to share those things. He already knows those things. God knows about the hidden blocks. God loves you despite of your hidden blocks. 
Some of you think that you're struggling with things or you're trying to deal with things or, and you have shame in, in not wanting to share those things. And God just loves you. He cares about you. And you have to decide whether, whether you believe that or not. But God knows about the hidden blocks and he loves you in spite of the blocks. And this is the third thing, and this is the thing that I hope that we're learning as a youth group over the next month as we talk about this stuff. That true community kills the need to hide the blocks. A youth group that feels open to share and to have in your small groups. I'm not expecting you to feel like you have to come up on the stage and tell everybody about your hidden blocks that you've been hiding. But you guys have small groups, you have friends, you have small group leaders that care about you. It doesn't mean that over this month that we're going to make all the depression, anxiety, fear, doubt, worry, body image issues, or even shame disappear. But I'm hoping that by talking about it, that we allow people to have a place to to deal with it, to talk about it, to know that they're not weird, that there's other people that are dealing with these things. And so I hope that you come open to listening, to hearing, to talking, to engaging in your small groups over the next few weeks. I always hope that you want to engage in your small groups, but especially for this series, where so much of our culture just wants us to continue to hide the bricks inside, and we want to be able to talk about those things. So let's pray. God, I thank you for for putting this series on my heart. for leading me to this passage this week, God, and for just the truth that's packed in here, that you want to lead us and guide us with your hand, with your mighty hand, that you want us to cast our anxieties on you because you care about us, because you don't want us to live like this. And God, even though not all of this ends up going away every time, we at least have someone that we can put our trust in that we have a mighty, all-powerful, all-knowing God that cares about us. And even when we feel like no one will love us or care for us if we share the things that we're going through, that you love us. That you love us despite of those hidden blocks, God. I pray that our youth ministry would become a place where we are willing to embrace each other and our struggles and the things that we're going through and that we would all come alongside our friends, and our leaders, as we try to continue to to walk more closely with you, God. We thank you for how much you love us and you care for us. In your name, amen.